One thing I did not understand when I was in the book publishing racket is that the best way to sell, ironically, is to give. And it's one of the major tenets of recovery is, you know, you're of service. If you're of service to other people, it's ultimately not that selfless an act because it's going to come back tenfold. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. I'm that other co-host, Michael Palmer. And today's guest is none other than the one, the only, the legendary New York Times best-selling author, self-proclaimed former party girl and super entrepreneur, Anna David. Welcome to the show, Anna. Why, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. Anna. Yes. The name of this podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership. Our listener is very interested in hearing your wisdom around how you've taken your genius, your expertise, and turn it into a commercial enterprise. And they're also interested in your backstory, how you got to be Anna David. Tell our listener. Well, the the first question is an interesting one because it's something that it's been a very roundabout, indirect sort of Byzantine road because for many years, I just wanted to be a writer. And I, after six books, all with big publishers, I realized this is no way to make a living. You do a book to enhance everything else. You don't do books to make your living. And I sort of was very late to the game and saying, you know what? I want to be a, an entrepreneur. As an author, you're selling yourself all the time. You're in sales. You're selling to a publisher. You're selling to an agent. Then you're selling to an, a reader. Why don't I do it in a way that's actually effective and not incredibly frustrating? So it was only about five years ago that I decided I'm going to take the skills that I have. And I really, writing was pretty much the only skill I had besides talking. And I'm going to see how I can use that to first help myself and then help other people. And so it was a very conscious decision. Uh, I was the girl who ignored her dad when he said, go get an MBA. And I said, I'm going to be a creative person. I'm not going to be a business person. And so, yeah. So, so then I created a website in 2012, which I sold in 2013 and ran for a few years. And now I've ventured out on my own and I do all sorts of things. I, um, I have online courses. I have a consulting company. I have a podcast and so Sort of all of them together are designed around helping people to live the happiest and healthiest lives they can. I'm in recovery. I'm sober 16 and a half years. So a lot of what I sort of quote unquote preach has to do with things I've learned there, but they're applicable for people, whether they're sober or addicts or not. Does that answer the question? That answers the question very well. So Anna, first of all, Congratulations on being sober 16 and a half years. That's a fantastic accomplishment. And congratulations on being someone who inspires other people who maybe are going through it and are in the middle of it and can't believe it's possible for them to be free of the demon of addiction to get free of that. Kudos for you making a difference in the world and living a life of purpose. That's first. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Secondly, you know, I heard a lot in what you said 
that really inspires me. So first of all, your dad obviously had some great wisdom. And, and, and like many people, like me, for example, you rebelled against what your dad told you. But at the end of the day, you ended up becoming a businesswoman and you ended up yeah. becoming an entrepreneur. So kudos to you for finally getting uh, your dad's wisdom. It must have crept in somewhere and stayed in the recesses of your mind until you were ready to really embrace the message. Can so, I tell you something so weird? Please. I didn't realize it until I just said it to you. Like, I've never said that out loud. Oh, my dad wanted me to get an MBA and I didn't listen and look what happened. It had, it just, the synapses just connected as I was saying that to you. It's amazing. You know, Mark Twain said once that when I was 20 years old, my dad wasn't very smart. It was amazing how smart he became between the time I was 20 and the time I was 25. Right. <laughs> you know, right. And, and I think that applies to every single person who has a parent. Certainly applied to me. That's what I thought of my parents when I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, but going back to the question I wanted to ask you. So you embraced and understood that selling was important. Selling was powerful. Selling was what was going to help set you apart. Speak to our listener about how that's transformed your business and how that's transformed your outlook on how you serve people. Well, one thing that I did, it's a great question. And one thing I did not understand when I was in the book publishing racket is that the best way to sell, ironically, is to give. And it's one of the major tenets of recovery is, you know, you're of service. If you're of service to other people, it's ultimately not that selfless an act because it's going to come back tenfold. And that's the main lesson I've learned, um, you know, for, you know, I've spent the past couple of years studying marketers and what do they say? And they say, when you have online classes, give away 90% of your material for free. And I've been lucky enough to um, become friends with some of them. And I think did we connect through Joe Polish? Do you, I can't remember. Actually, but, um, we we I read your article about yes. his Genius Network, and I I have to say I love the article, and it was really well written, and 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 I was curious about Genius Network and you, and then I thought I want to have her on our podcast, so that's how it came about. Well, I'll tell you how I met him and how this whole thing happened and what an inspiration he's been is he's somebody who's doing a documentary about addiction. He's this very successful marketer, and he's decided that his mission right now is to uh, help people who are suffering from addiction. So somebody connected us, and he interviewed me for his documentary about that. That day, he happened to be in LA and I said, look, I, I, I didn't really know who he was. And I said, I've been very stressed out because I have this online course that I'm selling and the webinar is in two days and I've never done a webinar and I am just panicking and I only, you know, I have a hundred people signed up and I don't know if that's a lot or a little. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. My friend Amy does uh, webinars all the time. And I said, Amy Porterfield, I, that's who I've been studying for a year. And, and he said, don't worry. This is, and he gave me a couple tips. Later that day, I get a phone call. I just met him. Hey, Anna, it's Amy Porterfield. My friend Joe says you're stressed about your webinar. Can I help? She looked at all my slides and helped me, gave me tips. And I was able to do this really successful launch, which had I not met Joe two days before, it would not have happened. And it was such, it, it, and he has done so many things like that for me, just tiny little connections he's made, things he's done. 
And it's been such an inspiration to me because not only because he's just a wonderful, generous person, but because I'd do anything for the guy. And I really have learned firsthand that the more I can help people, the more I can help myself. And so I know I'm giving a very long-winded answer, but I just came back. This is also relevant. I I was just in Israel with a group of uh, 50 wellness leaders. We were all selected to go and and see Israel. It was the Schusterman Foundation selected us to go and do this thing. And, And we came back. It was an amazing, inspiring trip. And we all, you know, have different needs each of us could fill. And the first thing I did is I did a story on... I, I reached out to all 50 people and I said, I want to profile you for Huffington Post. And, you know, and so the way I go into selling um, or getting is to give first. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Total sense. You know, I'm a, I listen to Joe Polish's podcast a, a lot. And, and so that was the, that's what piqued the curiosity was seeing that article. Yeah. And the story about Amy, I just absolutely love that. And we talk about it a lot. I don't know if there's been one guest on this podcast that hasn't talked about don't do it alone. And your network and the people that you surround yourself with are the are are what are going to lead you to being successful. And you really strike me as someone who's just naturally connecting with people and and you're very giving and, and that's probably why you get so much back. Well, thank you. I don't think I naturally am. I think I come from a society, you know, for all the dad told me to go to business school, you know, the lessons I was given growing up, the business, the lessons, the life lessons were really dysfunctional. It was, um, you know, sue them before they sue you go get everything that, you know, and it wasn't until I, I got into recovery and I heard, you know, you're going to feel it's your self obsession. That's making you miserable. Um, you know, give and, and you'll get back tenfold. I'd never heard of that till I was 30. So, I'm not naturally like that. It's been a learned behavior. And the greatest thing about it is that it actually makes you feel good. Well, when I, when I say naturally, I mean, before you learned all that other garbage, (laughs) (laughs) you're naturally come out of the womb being a wonderful, generous human being. We all do. And then we learn all these crazy things that you just mentioned, but you've rediscovered your, your unique genius, your, your wonderful human spirit, which I love I love that story about Amy and, and Joe and how, how she she called you back and, and that's the message we really want people to get from this podcast is to to reach out and to reconnect with that, reconnect with the people that are out there doing the things you want to do. That's how you access the business of thought leadership. Yeah, and it's it's not always easy. You know, what's interesting is that I had been trying to kind of get to different people in different ways and kind of didn't wasn't getting anywhere and and then the Joe thing just happened very organically and it's it's interesting because I do think um a lesson is, you know, the universe, you know, it's that sort of everything I try really hard to do doesn't work out. And then the universe gives me something I hadn't expected that I hadn't been trying for. And I really think that's true in business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. How bad do you want this? It's a universal question. Yeah. It's a very powerful point. The power and logic of what you just said really hit home for me. I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I got separated and then divorced. And I'm a a father as well. 
And when that happened to me, it was absolutely devastating for me. I felt like a loser. I lost my mojo. 95% of my clients left me because I was such a downer to be around. And I was feeling like a victim and I blamed everybody. Mm-hmm. On my own, I would have sunk into hell. But because I had great people around me, I managed to lift myself out of that, including my co-host, Michael, who was part of a, a men's organization. And these men and women around me helped me see that I wasn't a victim and they helped me lift myself up. So I got back into business and I started to help a bunch of people. But just time after time again, I kept meeting these men in particular whose uh, families had broken apart. Their wives had Mm. left them and they were feeling bad. And I never did anything about it professionally because I didn't quote unquote have a professional background in it. And then all of a sudden, one of Michael and I's mentors said to me, you know, you help a lot of men. You should start a program for helping men. So I said, okay, why not? I'm getting this message from the universe. And I did that. And it's been effortless getting people Mm. to come and sign up for my program because I get exactly what they're going through. I make them the hero of the story. I don't talk about myself too much. And I just seem to attract all these wonderful men who are really, really hurting, and I help them get back on their feet, get their relationship in a good place, whether they get back together with their wife or not, and I move forward. And it sounds to me that that was your experience when you were going through your addiction, and that's how you got out of it. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll tell you, you know, my getting out of it, I I got sober a long time ago before there was anything out there about how to do this. And the entire reason I do what I do in recovery is that had I had the kind of information that I I now have, um, I would have done it years before. You know, Mm. when, when I was bottoming out on drugs and alcohol, I thought, well, if you get sober, that's the end of fun. You'll never have, you pretty much your life is over. That's really what I thought. And I created a website and a podcast so that people who were wasted in the middle of the night and thinking really dark thoughts. And, you know, a lot of people sort of call AA in the middle of the night that, you know, they get drunk. They're like, my life sucks. I want to die. Well, what's the sober thing? That they would stumble across this stuff that I had created, whether it was podcasts or articles or Mm. books or whatever it was and go, wait a minute, this girl's happy. She's cool. She's kind of funny. What is this? Maybe I could do this. And so, you know, in that way, it was the same as you're setting up your program. It was completely organic. And it was, it came from that place of wanting there to have been what that for me, the same way I bet you wish that program had existed when you were first going through. Absolutely. I did. I was fortunate enough to find some people to help me. And that was the moral of the story for me. And it sounds like you had some great people around you as well. So how have you decided upon your strategy for commercializing your expertise? How'd you figure out what to offer to people and what was going to work out there in the marketplace? It's such a good question because I think I'm still answering it. You know, the confusing thing about me has always been people go, what do you do? You know, because it's not a simple question. And and what is your focus? Because my my career before this career was I accidentally became a sex, dating, and relationship expert. I wrote a story for Playboy. That story became a very big deal. It was optioned and made into a reality show pilot. And suddenly 
the Today Show and Fox News are calling me and asking me to come on TV and give relationship advice. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just said yes and started doing it. And then, and then I had this whole weird life as a reality show expert. I wrote a book about it. I had a column about it. Like I did, you know, so it's been all these sort of, I just sort of say yes to things. So it was very confusing to me when I first got into online marketing, sort of going, well, what is it I'm going to sell? Am I selling? I didn't at that point feel like I could say, sell a course on how to get sober because the way I did it was free. It was through, I mean, I went to rehab, but 12 step is free. Like who am I to go take people's money to go when, when what I think they need to do is go to a meeting if that works for them. So then I said, well, what else do I know? I know how to write, you know? And so I developed a course on how to write a book proposal. And that's, um, it's actually a coaching program that's going on. And that's the one that Joe and Amy helped me sell. And it's been so amazing. It's, it's very limited program. I have 12 people in it. It's a six month program. And then at the end of it, I pick one who gets to meet with, uh, my, my lit agent in New York and a publisher and everybody's going to come away with a finished book proposal. And so it's, it's just been this fantastic group of people and just the most gratifying thing ever. I'm mystified. I sort of came up with this idea and sure. Yeah. I've sold six books and one was a New York times bestseller. So I guess I do know how to write and everything, but it kind of blew my mind that I could just sort of say, this is how you do it. And, and these people are so wonderful. So, so we're wrapping that up in August and then I'm going to do another launch of that. And then I decided I, I speak. I can fill that course for you tomorrow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're, you're my affiliate. <laughs> we'll um, talk. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's just been, these people are just wonderful in my course. I feel so lucky. And it's just been like one amazing thing after another. One of my students is the CEO of something called Intellivideo, which is an online course program. So he, it was, you know, I was learning as I went with these videos and he ended up putting them on Intellivideo and now it's this app and it's just this fabulous thing. So I created another course called How to Fall in Love with Yourself, which is, based on a talk. Um, so I speak at colleges and, um, I get, I have been giving a talk called 10 steps to relationship honesty. And I took that course, I mean, that lecture and then my memoir, which was called falling for me. And I created this online course and I'm literally just putting the finishing touches on it now and I haven't launched it or anything, but, but it's, uh, it's really exciting to me because it's everything I've learned in recovery. I, I, I've been, I'm do Vedic meditation, which is like, uh, it's like transcendental meditation, but it's slightly different. I've been doing that for 15 years. And so I've been studying that I've been studying Buddhism. So it, it incorporates all of these philosophies and it's really like, you know, it, it sounds, it actually sounds a little bit like the program you were just talking about, which is it's a, one of the lines is you become the hero or heroine of your story. It's about sort of looking at your past and taking accountability so that you're not a victim of it. And, you know, so that you stop thinking, oh, these things are happening to me. Like a lot like what you were saying about your divorce. You know, you stop going, oh, God, this is what this means about me because this happened to me. It's like, no, I played a part in this. And so I can play a part in the solution. Brilliant. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, re- it's really remarkable what you've created. Like when I first read your article, I went to your website and it's just all these things that you've done and written about and created. And now you're harvesting that, all that 
work that you did, you're now harvesting and multiplying on your efforts then into courses and products and things that are highly valuable to people that were just sitting in your in somewhere in your mind or in, in a, one of the right. books that you'd written. So I, my question is, you've done all of these things, these, what, how do you help people access that creativity and that production level that you have. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that that must be part of your program and the writing of the books, but I'd be really interested to know. Yes, it's also such a good question because I just yesterday decided to partner with a meditation teacher to do in-person workshops because I started to think about like, what is it that, that most writers struggle with? And we're just talking about writing right now. They struggle with procrastination and they struggle with, they think they have writer's block. Now, I don't think writer's block exists. I think writer's block is people trying to be perfect. And, you know, what is, quote, bad writing? Bad writing to me is when people write the way they think, quote, unquote, writers should write. So, you know, the best thing I can teach people, and that's why I want to do an in-person workshop, is uh, tell a story like you're telling your best friend. And just write it down. And if you can't do that, tape record yourself telling your best friend about whatever it is. And then then there's no writer's block and then there's no sort of quote unquote writerly language, that terrible writing they taught us how to do in school, which, you know, because the best compliment I ever get from anyone I know who reads one of my books is, wow, it was just like hanging out with you. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear, wow, you know, I, I mean, I like to think I'm, you know, reasonably articulate. So I'm assuming when they say it was just like hanging out with you, they also mean it was well written. <laughs> but, you know, we want to sound like ourselves. We don't want to sound like other people. And I think people get very intimidated by the concept of quote unquote writing and they forget that. Did I answer your question? I experienced it. I was, I read your article and now that you're, as you're speaking, I'm reflecting <laughs> on reading that article. I felt like I was literally walking along with you in, in this genius network. It's what, and it actually, it was great for Joe and his organization because I, I really got a peek. I felt like I was at genius network. And yeah, you, you sold him, you, you pre-sold a couple memberships for Joe. You should go get some commission from him. Uh, see, my point is I'd do anything for the guy. I'll do it for the rest of my life. Yeah, and it's and it really speaks to the writing style. I think it's really fantastic, and thank you for the gift for our listener around just going and writing and telling that story. And for me, it's it's highly valuable. Thank you. That's very sweet. I really appreciate that. So, Anna. Yes. One of the things that you said at the beginning of this interview was that you wanted to be a writer. And yet you discovered very quickly that just being a writer wasn't enough. You needed to marry that into a whole infrastructure of entrepreneurship. So you took your expertise in the topics that you know a lot about and you repurposed them into courses. And they made you a lot more money. One of the things we tell our listener or a member of one of our programs is don't put yourself in a box. Don't call yourself a writer or a coach okay. or a consultant. Brand yourself as the authority in your niche. Or uh, you Americans say niche, we Canadians say niche. And that was a bastardization of both of them. So I'll say, <laughs> I'll say niche. <laughs> so 
when we've had people do that, their income has exploded. Their faith and belief in themselves has gone through the roof, and they start to believe that it's possible for them. Talk about that. Talk about how that happened for you and what you advise to people, including our listener, that they can do inside their business in order to have it happen for them. Such a good, I mean, you're so speaking my language that it's crazy, but I will say this, I did not realize quickly that I didn't want to just be a writer. It took me six books. That was 10 (laughs) years. Listener, this is what I have to say to you. Learn a little quicker than I did. You know, in, in particular, a book I, I I don't even say this with false modesty. I wish I'd stopped at one. That's what you need. You need one book. And I agree with you. Become the authority on your topic with one book and use that book to get speaking gigs, to, to help brand you as an authority on that topic. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that we live in this, we're, we're lucky enough to live at a time where we have this sort of multimedia world where you can have a podcast and you can have articles and you can speak and you can have courses and all of these things. But to me, the course, learning about the courses was the real game changer because I didn't really get it. Udemy or Udemy or whatever had come to me years ago and had me do a course on branding. And I think I made about four and it was a big pain. And I was like, oh, and I was very slow to catch on to this course world. And it was actually, um, I, I found out about David Seitman Garland, you know, that guy. Yeah. And saw what he was doing and saw that, you know, I have an expertise and there are a whole bunch of people out there that, that I would like to reach. I do wish my reach was bigger. I'm so like, by the way, not answering your question. Your question was, would tell the listener, remind me, <laughs> tell the listener. Tell the how listener to, how you repurposed your expertise yeah. from, from a book into this whole entrepreneurial ecosystem and how they may be able to do the same. Yeah. Well, what I did is I studied you know, and it's that thing about investing. I, I'm, I'm reticent to spend money when I'm not making money yet. And I had to. I had to buy, bought Amy Porterfield's course. I hate sitting and watching videos, which is ironic since I make them. But (laughs) what I did is I downloaded the audio and I walked around Los Angeles and I listened to that audio and then I listened to it again and I really, really invested. And I put a lot of money into this. And, um, you know, I... I was I was sort of horrified when I saw how much I was spending on this. And yet I was sort of like, this is my graduate school. This is that MBA that I didn't go get. And I know I'm going to make back tenfold what I'm spending. And, but it required a lot of patience. It required a lot of faith. It required a lot of trying things, realizing they weren't going to work, and then um, having to trash them. And being gentle with myself about that. I really, um, you know, and I'll just tell you about a recent sort of failure in that regard. You know, I, before I came up with this idea about doing a workshop with the meditation teacher, I thought I want to do this with a yoga teacher. I partnered with the yoga teacher. We set up an event. Nobody signed up. And rather than going, oh God, nobody, you know, I was like, okay, he was the wrong partner. This was the wrong thing. Yoga and writing doesn't work. Now what does work? And, Mm. you know, I think it has to be, you know, I think it's trying and not getting discouraged. Writing is a, is very good training for getting, you know, rejected all the time and having to keep going. And I think that a lot of people out there, they'll try something a couple of times and it doesn't work out. And so they conclude that they're not supposed to do that. 
you can, you can't be like that in business. You guys know that. You know, I don't know with your course, you know, that one, you know, the the helping other divorced men, like I don't know how many things you had to try before that one worked, but we all have a lot of those in our past. Absolutely. What I really like about what you just said is, okay, this didn't work. Now what does work? I think that's a powerful and brilliant question. And more people should ask that when they enter upon a, a venture or they launch a program or they launch a course, they should be prepared for it failing. At least yep. 50% of your programs are going to fail, listener. At least possibly 75, 80, or even 90%. It doesn't matter which ones fail. What matters is that you stick to it long enough for the one that succeeds and then go get another one that succeeds and another one that succeeds. I've got the program for divorced fathers, separated fathers, actually, I call it. I've got the program that I do with Michael helping people position themselves as an authority in their marketplace. And I do something else around sales. All of these are powerful programs that help people and help them go to the next level. What I see in you, Anna, is that you've done the same. You've done it brilliantly and you've done it powerfully. You're creating, as you said, your own MBA. A mentor that Michael and I have, a man by the name of Matt Church from Australia, he's Australia's greatest speaker, actually says that in order to become an authority, to become a thought leader, you need to create what he calls a commercial PhD. So even above an MBA, you need Mm. to do the deep thinking to get what's in your head out on paper. And that's a big part of what Michael and I teach. And it sounds like that's what you've taught yourself and that's what you're advocating to people. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, I think that that is correct. It's, I think we're kindred spirits because I'm very similar to you in the the videos. I, I, I like moving and listening and learning. So in the car, the podcast, all that good stuff. So it's, uh, but, but what you were saying about, um, learning as you go and the mistakes that you make recently, probably in the last 12 months, I've really paid attention to how valuable every single vendor that I've worked with, uh, partner, customer, as we're doing things, as we're trying things, the more things we're trying, I'm learning these little pieces where it's maybe not the solution I need for that particular problem, but it's over in this other project. It's like, ah, that's the missing link. And I really hear that in you as well. I'm curious, what what does your daily environment look like that has you be held accountable to moving your projects and your life and business forward? Um, I appreciate the way that Canadian says projects, by the way. (laughs) I'd probably butcher it anyway, so you'd have to come Um, to Canada to hear how it really sounds. I, you know, I have a weird thing about me, which is just that I never stop. You know, my goal in life is to actually drain myself of energy and be tired. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, I I, I don't have, I, I don't know where that motivation comes from, but I just sort of get up and I'm like going. And my biggest fear is that I'm going to run out of stuff to do. So, you know, I will say in terms of, you know, advice I could pass along, something that I started doing with this um, when I got into the marketing idea or, you know, not marketing makes it sound so small. When I got into the idea of blowing up my business, you know, I started to get those just like sort of white sheets that are sort of dry erase boards that are 
sheets you can put on the wall. And I started putting in the circle. Okay. You know, my new business is recover girl. That's in the middle of the circle. So arrow off, that's going to be a podcast arrow off. That's going to be a consulting company arrow down here. That's going to be, um, you know, an online course, whatever it is. Um, you know, and then just sort of peeling off every day, a little bit of each one and having short-term and long-term goals. I, you know, I'm a real, like, I want to finish the course and then go, go release it that day. And this process has taught me that I have to have a lot of patience. You know, I am starting a bunch of big consulting jobs. And even though I'm finishing this how to fall in love course, I might be putting that on ice for six months or a year because I also know with the course, the work isn't creating the course, the work is selling the damn course. And, you know, that takes, that takes a lot of time and a lot of planning. And, you know, so, so one of the reasons that I think I, you know, quote unquote fail often is that I just kind of get an idea and go do it. Like I was like, yes, yoga teacher, let's go do this. And I, I didn't really think it out. And, and that's okay. That's how I am. But this process has taught me that I really have to be a little more methodical and a little more patient with things if I really want them to succeed. Understood. And it has me thinking with the people that you work with, when I look at your website, when I look at the covers, the branding, the graphic design, the all of that, how do you work with, how do you choose the people you're going to work with? I'm thinking you don't do all of it yourself. Uh, how do you choose the people that you're going to work with to help you put all these different projects together, put the final touches on them? Yeah, that's a great question too. It's definitely been a process. Um, you know, I've probably been through 50 different web designers. I now have this amazing woman, Krista. You know, because oftentimes, I don't know if you guys have found this, but, you know, with with web developers and SEO people, like oftentimes you're maybe dealing with some personality problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a really long time to find someone who does great work, who's just a joy to work with also. You know, and I try everything you know, through some people I met at, uh, at Genius Network, they told me about Get Friday, which is this, you know, sort of online assistants that are in India and that sort of works. There's some communication problems. Um, I've used people on Fiverr, you know, that's who edits my podcast. You know, I'm, I'm really into, finding the right people at the right price because I'm not at the point where I can afford to just spend whatever I want on all of these things. But I'm also a big fan of doing a lot of it myself. You know, I know people who are kind of around where I'm at with it and they talk all about how their time is so valuable and they have to delegate everything. And I don't want to be delegating anything I don't know how to do because now I'm going to know how long it takes and when it's done right. And if I just start off not learning those things and just paying other people to do them, then I'm never going to know that. That being said, I I don't want to learn how to design a website or or even do a lot of graphic design. There are certain things that I just never want to learn. But when it came to putting together the course and and understanding lead pages and understanding go to webinar, I don't want, you know, I have an assistant who helps me. The writing course, we do a, a monthly webinar and she comes on and helps and records that. But um, But I'm pretty much doing all of that, the rest of it myself.
We're definitely kindred spirits. <laughs> definitely. Should, I, should we trade assistance and uh, I, I online think we should. I think staff? we should definitely be sharing because I, I feel the same way. It's very delicate balance between delegation and doing it yourself. It's like saying, hey, can you go invent some miracle new recipe that no one's ever created before? And, you know, can you delegate that out? Not really. You've got to go and figure out how to get that plane in the air. And then maybe you can start, okay, let's upholster these seats. Let's, you know, put some more siding on the plane. That's the thing that I've struggled with the most in the last 18 to, well, let's call it three years, is finding, I used to think there's going to be one other person that's going to solve all my problems. They're not out there. It's very specific people with very specific skill sets, with very specific personalities and attention to detail and passion and whatever you want, you know, whatever that call is needed. And then putting those people into those various spots. And if you don't go and try and figure it out yourself, you can't know where to put those people in. So yes, you and I definitely need to keep in touch and share some of these different people. I know I've got great people that I've worked with, stumbled across. Because when you said I've worked with 40 different web developers, like we've been walking on the same path. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's uh, it's very refreshing, and I always Nikki's always looking over at me. Sometimes I can get into the weeds where it's like, "Hey, let's start talking about it." But it it's uh, refreshing to hear your take on it. Well, and it's nice too that you guys have found each other and can work well together because that's not easy either. It is not easy. You're absolutely correct. Michael and I have something going for us, though. One is we've both done a lot of personal development. So when stuff's coming up for me, I eventually get to a space where I know what's my stuff and what's really an issue that I need to talk to him about. And same for him. That really helps rather than always pointing the finger at the other person. Because if you did that with the kind of personalities we have, the partnership wouldn't last at all. We're also very fortunate in that we're good at different things. That's really important in a partnership. So, Michael is a technical genius. He loves anything to do with technology. He loves systems and processes and planning stuff out. Me, I like to get stuff done now. Like, not two minutes from now, 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 now. And I love talking to people. I love enrolling people and I love persuading people. So, it's it's a really good partnership from that perspective. So, Anna, we like to end off each episode by asking our guests, what are your top three expert action steps that you recommend our listener take on and implement right away in order to improve their life and their business? The, and this is just based on, on my experience. I say, sit down and think about what are you an expert in? Hope to come up with three categories, then say, what could, what book could that be? What course could that be? What in-person workshop or speaking TEDx talk could that be? And I know that's one thing, but it's really three things. So, you know, and if you don't have that, then um, stop listening to podcasts and come up with that. That's fantastic. I love it. So, At this point in the podcast, we give you, our guests, an opportunity to promote something that you'd like to promote. What's something you'd like to promote to our listener? Well, as I said, my How to Fall in Love course isn't available yet. So what I would say now in my online writing coaching program isn't available right now because we're 
we're not wrapping till August. But so I say just go to my website, sign up for the newsletter, just go to annadavidnewsletter.com. You will be informed about all of that. I also have a podcast uh, called Recover Girl that's about addiction and recovery, but it's about so much more. And I have I have all sorts of interesting people on it, a Moby and uh, Jemima Kirk from Girls and Dr. Drew, and I've had Mark Marin and so you can find that on iTunes, SoundCloud, and but but really, if you go to annadavid.com, uh, that's the hub for everything I do. You can also follow me on social media. I'm at Anna B. David on Instagram, Twitter, and that is also my fan page on Facebook. Love it, Anna. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are an amazing guest. As Michael said, we are kindred spirits. What you do out there makes a difference in the world. And thank you for coming and sharing it with us. And when your programs are ready to launch, we'll have you back. And you can promote your program then. Fantastic. You know what? I would not say this to most people. You guys were worth waking up early and uh, having to be literate for. You really were. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That warms my heart. That's beautiful. beautiful. It should. I'm not usually this, uh, you know, with it at eight in the morning. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we, well we, we wish we were on the West Coast with you, but we're over on the central part of the continent. Well, you were worth waking up for. So thank, thank you. you so much. I thank really you so appreciate much. your having me on. You have been fantastic. And I, I want to express thank you for making the difference you were born to make. Thanks, guys. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Michael, Anna, David. Oh, my God. This woman is a powerhouse. She is living a life of purpose. And she understands the business of thought leadership. She gets it, doesn't she, Michael? She totally gets it. And she knows how to write a title of a blog because that title she wrote, Is Genius Network a Scam, had me open up her and read the whole thing. And I loved it. And I'm like, who is this person? I've got to have, I got to know more about her. I want to have her on the podcast. So she's really has a gift. She does have a gift. What's powerful about Anna is she's willing to try things. You know how we keep telling people, you and I, listen, listener, don't go out there and build something and create this big infrastructure and spend all kinds of money on it. Get it out into the marketplace. See if it works. If it doesn't work, be ready to abandon it. Anna is. And when when she abandons something, she doesn't beat herself up and go, oh my God. She says, okay, this didn't work. What will work? Isn't that a powerful question? I'm going to steal that question and I'm going to use that when I deliver my talks to aspiring thought leaders. When I'm on stage with you at our events, I'm going to ask people, okay, this didn't work. What will work? Very powerful stuff. Extremely powerful. And you know what? It's a great way for us to segue into this incredible tool that we've developed called the Authority Marketing Blueprint. Michael, Tell our listener why they want to download this. Well, number one, it's so simple. It's a one-page document. There's 10 things that can have you start to build yourself as an authority in the marketplace. And what happens when you do that is people start to call you. Buyers, people that want to work with you, people that aren't interested in price, they're interested in having you solve the problem that's most difficult or challenging for them to solve and the one that you do so well you're a genius at something, get the world to know about it. Go to authorityrocks.com or authority.rocks and download this 
form. Get started. Let us know how you're doing it. Share with us on the Business of Thought Leadership where you're taking action. We'd love to hear about it on our Facebook group. And we look forward to hearing from you. 100%. And remember, it's a one-pager. It's a 10-step plan. It's so simple to implement. Do yourself a favor and get it today. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. Please, if you'd like more information about today's guest and what a wonderful guest she was, please go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com or you can just scroll down there and click on that link and sign up for all sorts of great things at our website and keep in touch. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening.